You are now listening to the Verify Phenoms podcast. In this show, we speak with individuals who have come from all walks of life and have overcome the mental limitations of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and overthinking. Get your notebook ready and stay tuned to learn how you can win your mental battles and become a verifying phenom as well. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Verified Phenoms. We're always in the season talking to people that have gone through life, that have real results, that have gone through real challenges. They've conquered overthinking, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, all things of that nature. Today, today, y'all, I'm I'm really excited about this episode. Today, we have with us Quinise Fish. She is a creative agency owner, a talent agent, and community builder. Those, listen, th- that does not really embody everything that's who she is and what she does. So y'all, I'm so excited to get this show started. Quinise, happy Sunday. Good evening. How are you doing? Happy Sunday, y'all. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to answer any questions and yeah, to talk about, you know, just helping people overcome imposter syndrome. I feel like that's that's an amazing topic and it's definitely needed. So thank you so much for having me today. And of course, and just to even give everybody a little bit of a background. This is like, it feels like the second or third time we try to record this episode. <laughs> we tried running this in maybe like, it was in 2023, maybe like the summertime. And we we had some tech issues. Wi-Fi wasn't working out. It's, I don't know, man. But for some reason, you know, not even some reason, uh, it, all that happened. But we're here today. And that just means the show is going to be better. The conversation is going to be better. And I'm excited. Let's go ahead and get into it. So you ready for these rapid fire questions? Yes, let's go. All right. So again, always just say the first thing that's going to come to your mind. Okay. Right. What's your snack of choice? Cashews. What movie can you watch over and over again without getting bored? Hunger Games. All right. Now we're on a cruise ship. What is your go-to karaoke song? Girls just want to have fun. That's fitting. Okay. It is seven o'clock on the cruise ship. What are you doing? I'm in the room eating pizza. Facts. Listen. Okay. Facts. <laughs> I, I like that. Okay. Where is one place that you really want to go? Guatemala. Traveling wise. Guatemala? Mm-hmm. Didn't you just go to Guatemala? No, I went, I was in the Caribbean. Oh, okay. So true, true, true. I said the Republic. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received is no one's coming to save you. All right. And last one, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? Funniest thing that's ever happened to me? Ooh. Hmm. That's a good one. I'm trying to think. Dang. Okay. I know it's supposed to be the top of my head. Dang, something funny? Like. Yeah. You can always think about it and you will always get a good laugh at it. Okay. Okay. I got it. One time I was on this date and I was kind of nervous. You know how they're like on a date, kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. I was on this date and like the guy, he, he like grabbed the bread and he was buttering it. And I was just so nervous that I was like, how does the bread taste? And like he, you know, he didn't eat it. <laughs> he had just grabbed it. So I think that was pretty funny. And he was just like, hmm, I didn't eat it. I'm like, right, right. 
Was there a second date? Uh, there was. So okay. it worked out. But I thought that that was so funny. Like in my head, I was laughing so hard because I'm like, why, why did you say that? At least it didn't, you know, it didn't ruin the mood and make it super awkward <laughs> to the point that was there no second date. So, hey, you no, know, <laughs> move forward. It's all good. Yes, yeah, exactly. So no one's coming to save you. When, when did you get when did you get that piece of advice? Let's see. I can't even remember who said it, but I know that it was like 2020 when I was mm. first starting my business. Um, and I just I ended up getting that tagline from somewhere and I wrote it down and it really just resonated with me because I feel like most of us, we have like this dream of like someone, something coming in and just like swooping you in, right? And like saving you and coming to rescue you. And of course, like, you know, on a spiritual level, that's what God does for you. But just like trying to depend on someone else to like make the things that you want happen, like that's not realistic. So that's what I mean by that. Like you need to be able to show up for yourself in order to make the things you want happen. You can't wait on other people or you can't like expect or depend on other people. I mean, if you do, you know, some of those things that you want, you're probably just not going to get. And 2020, if I'm not mistaken, that is when you started your business, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when some when you had that conversation with that individual, did they like the light bulb go off in your head, and that's when you really just hit the ground running and became you know who you are today? Because I cannot wait to get into it. Yes. So really, I mean that quote it definitely did a lot for me. But I feel like what really just shifted my mindset and motivated me. And I was like, yeah, this is it. I got to start my business was the 10 pillars of wealth by Alex Becker. That book changed my whole life. Like when I read that book, I was like, yep, I got to get right. I got to get it going, like get straight to it. Like the kids be saying, (laughs) but yeah, so that book, check it out. If you haven't read it, 10 pillars of wealth by Alex Becker. It just really talks about like him going from like, uh, a like pretty dark place of just not really knowing what he wanted to do with his life to mm-hmm. him building like a multi-million dollar SEO company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how his mindset needed to shift to get to that point. And he just also talked about like the only thing that's the difference between like the people who have all the money and the people who don't is just the mindset of them believing that they could. Um, and the other people feel like they can't. Mm-hmm. Were you at a point right before you read that book, that you didn't necessarily know what you wanted to do with your life. And that's why it was so eye-opening. Yes. I was in that place. I was in that, like, you know, I feel like, I'm not going to say most people, because that's a extreme generalization, but I feel mm-hmm. like some people reach a point in their life where they're looking around and they're just, they're lost. They're like, I'm not passionate about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really like my job. I don't really like this. Like, what is it that I want to do with my time? So when I hit that point in my life, I think it was like 11th grade of college um, where I'm like, hmm, what is it that I'm doing? I'm just, I'm partying with my friends every weekend. Like this isn't it. And, you know, I used to run track for a long time. Like I was a captain of the track team in middle school and high school. And that added a lot of like direction to my life. Mm-hmm. So when I like tore my hamstring and I couldn't run anymore, I feel like I just, I was lost. Like I lost a lot mm-hmm. of direction. So I was just like, what am I doing? And I sat with myself for a long time and I'm like, what? 
do I like doing? So I wrote down four things that I like doing. It was like, I like to travel. I like to cook. I like to exercise. And I like to be creative. And I was like, I'm going to make money doing those things. These are the things that I'm going to make money doing. And I wrote that down. And from that day, I spent, you know, when I read the book, I spent all that time figuring out how I can make money doing those four things that I enjoy. And this was, if I heard correctly, this is why you were in college? Yeah. So my realization that I was like lost in life happened in college. How old were you? 11. Let's see. I had to be like 20, 21. 21. You're having like this eye opening moment. You're starting yeah. to really like think about crisis at <laughs> 21. <laughs> <laughs> midlife crisis at 21. Okay. So I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm just, I'm working, I'm going to class and I'm partying. Like, this is it. Like, and the pandemic hits. Now you're, you're thinking about the things that you have a passion for, things you like doing, and how you're going to make money from it. One thing I hear often is people always say, focus on one thing in order to make that a stable source of income before you move on to something else. So you have these four things that you really love doing and you're passionate about. Which one did you focus on first and how did you, how did you make your first dollar from it? Yes. So I picked fitness first. So I was a group fitness instructor. So the first things that I started doing was I started an activewear brand, e-com store, selling workout clothes online. And that was really successful. And also on the side, I started like teaching my own group fitness classes in like, not my backyard. I had like a townhouse, right? It was like a townhouse neighborhood, but there was also like apartments over here. I started charging the neighbors $20 to come run around the neighborhood. Yes, the neighborhood that we live in for free. And they all like meet me at like 7.30 in the morning, right in front of the, in front of my house. And I, and we would just, they'd give me the $20 and we just run around the neighborhood. We, we do like a couple, like, um, like cardio exercises and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, then they'd pay me. So that's how I was really making money. Like during the pandemic, I got paid a lot of money. Like there was, we worked out like five days a week. They'd come, everybody paid me $20. You and really then, charge them. Yeah. And then I was also selling them workout clothes too. And then they was telling their friends about my workout clothes. And then I had like a a little setup in my house where I had like the racks and everything. So people would come in and they like look through the racks of clothes and just buy stuff from there. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up getting the activewear into a brick and mortar store, someone else's store. So I was selling it in person too a little bit because right the pandemic was like a lot of stuff was shut down. So when it was a little bit better, that's when I ended up selling my stuff in the brick and mortar. But overall, like the pandemic ended up crushing that company. Like that company essentially failed, and that's what led me to my creative agency, the failure of that first company. But I okay. started off with the fitness. Okay, before we get to the creative agency, one that's. I that's hilarious. I can't believe you charged them to run around their, their your own neighborhood. Dollars to run around our neighborhood. So one thing when it comes to entrepreneurship, I believe that every entrepreneur has to have the audacity to yes. have an idea and create money somehow, right? So right. what in your mind, what was your thought process? What gave you the confidence? Let's let's call it confidence in this in this case 
to be able to charge your neighbors for something that they already have access to for free. They already have access to their legs. They already have access to the neighborhood. What gave you the confidence to come up with a plan to say, you know what, I'm going to knock on their door and I'm going to charge them $20 to just run. So here's how it happened. Um, It started off with like two of my friends, right? And then one of my friends was like, hey, like your time's valuable. And she just offered me, she like, how much? And I'm like, I think I literally just Googled. I'm like, how much do like group fitness instructors be charging? And it was like, you can charge anywhere from like $10 to like $30. So I'm like, okay, $20 makes sense to me. Like $20 yeah. is worth the time. And remind you at this time, like I didn't quit my job. I didn't went all in. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. I was like uh, really confident. So I jumped the gun. Like I quit my job before I even, you know, I was making money, but I wasn't like hella money. So I also needed the money. So I'm like, yeah, $20, that makes sense to me. Anything less than that is like, come on, I'm not going to really make any money like that. So they started paying me the $20. And then other people from the neighborhood just seen us meeting, seen us running, and they gravitated towards the situation. It's like, hey, what's oh, I want to run with y'all. And I'm like, it's $20. Oh, okay, cool. No problem. And to me, what I think a big part of why people were willing to pay the $20, um, it wasn't just overall like, oh, like I want to do fitness. Like it was also, in my opinion, about just the camaraderie, like the community building aspect. They're like, I'm in the house all day working. Like I want to hang out with these people basically. Cause I mean, you know, it was mostly just women. So we would be laughing, we'd be talking, We'd be running, gossiping, you know, talking about different stuff. So it was still, it was like a community that ended up getting built. And I feel like that's really what they wanted to pay for the access to versus mm. just really wanting to get in shape. Um, and then it, I mean, it helped also that I was like in amazing shape during this time. So it also helped of like, oh, I want to look like that. So like, is this is what I got to do to look like that. Mm. Wait, so were you an... Were you a were you already a fitness instructor before this? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. How long had you been a fitness instructor? Like two years. Okay, 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 okay. Gotcha. Okay, so now you you created this community, right? You've gotten some of the clothes within a brick and mortar, right? And then it pretty much tears tears that down, and now you're the next step is your creative agency. How do you go from a fitness instructor to a creative agency? Those are two different things. Right. So here's how they kind of tie in with each other. When I was doing the activewear brand, I ended up building up a lot of resources during that time, right? A lot of photographers, a lot of influencers, a lot of models that I was working with because they was helping me market that activewear brand. Mm. I feel like e-commerce, like having great marketing and great quality visuals, I think that's really big, especially for higher ticket items. You know, like selling activewear is not the same as like a t-shirt brand where you get to sell the shirt for like $20. You're selling the activewear for like $80, $100. So the quality has to look good. So long story short, I ended up just building up another community of people wanted to help me run that company Mm. and when the company failed i still had all those resources so i'm like hmm i got videographers i got models 
I got photographers. I have influencers. Like, what am I going to do with all of this? What am I going to do with these resources? So I went back to the drawing board and I'm like, I'm going to start an agency. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm going to start an agency. I'm going to help the models that I've been working with. I'm like, I'm going to help them get booked for other stuff because they were amazing at what they did. And a lot of them was just getting started. And they're like, well, how can I start? They're like, Q, like, how can we get booked for other stuff like this where we get to do photo shoots and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out how we can do that. So from there, I started doing like these big photo shoots in my friend's like studio apartment where I'd invite like all of the people from the community that I built. Mm-hmm. I'd get some food from Walmart, like some snacks and stuff. And I'd get some wine and I'd be like, everybody come through. We're going to do photos and stuff. And they'd come through. We'd do the photo shoots. It didn't really have much direction to it. It was just like, let's just do this. And that's how it ended up turning into the agency. I ended up coming up with a name. I'm like, we got to call this um, QMF Agency because that's my name. Mm-hmm. And my my people, my friends, they was like, we like it. And I was like, y'all don't think I should change it to something else? And they was like, nah, like you should go with that. And that's how QMF Agency was born. Oh, man. So in this in this journey, right, a lot of times mm-hmm. in life we realize that a pivot has to be made. It's yes. time to start going down a different path. Maybe whatever it is that we're doing isn't working out for us. Jumping from a fitness instructor to a creative agency owner, did you ever have any self-doubt that the agency wasn't going to work out? No. <laughs> um, so during that time, no, I did not. Um have I had moments like that overall, like over a span of like three, four years? Yes, I have. But during that time, no, like no one could tell me anything. Like, I'm like, this is it. Like, this is the the million dollar idea right here. So I did not have any, like, I just, and see, I feel like another reason why I didn't necessarily spend time thinking about if it was going to work out or not is because it was something I genuinely wanted to do. Mm. So it was like, what is like, what is not going to work out? Like, this is what I want to do. And I didn't necessarily get into it originally because I'm like, oh, I want to make millions of dollars. I was like, oh, I want to help people. Mm. So it's like, as long as I'm helping people, then the mission's accomplished. I'm doing exactly what it is that I'm set to do. So there's really no win or lose with that. Just like, if I'm helping people, I'm winning. Like, this is successful. This is a successful company. Mm. It's one thing to help people. It's another thing to build community. You can help somebody simply by seeing a post on LinkedIn for a job that they're interested in. Boom, send it. Right? Right. That's 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 technically helping somebody. I send you twenty dollars, go get lunch. I just helped you. Mission accomplished. But you're building community, right? You you yeah. just announced also that you have your creators retreat coming up uh yeah. this this year. <laughs> Um, so how have you been able to continuously foster like community around you, no matter what it is that you're doing? Ooh, that's a really good question. I like that question. Um, I think that I understand that you need to work with the people around you, especially like-minded individuals, people who have similar goals as you. And if everyone works together, it's a lot easier to accomplish those goals. 
So a lot of times, like I, I seek out community as well. You know, like I grew up the only child. So that's always just naturally been something that I'm good at because I had to, right? I didn't have a bunch of like siblings at home to play with. I had to know how to what? Make friends and be cool with people. And then those people became like my siblings, like my brothers, my cousins, um, et cetera. So I feel like that's where it originally derived from. And then just later, just understanding the value of community. Um, so that's how I've been able to kind of find people in every niche. Because um, there's always a group of people who want to do the same thing as you or want to do something similar as you. First of all, shout out to the only children out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. also only child. That that sparked a a thought in my head or a question. I can tell. I hope everybody else so far listening to this to this episode can tell as well. And I know this also from just knowing you. But you have a lot of confidence. If you say that you're going to do something, you're going to get it done. You're going to find yeah. a way to get it accomplished. Everybody doesn't necessarily have confidence. How have you found that you are able to continuously find confidence in what you're doing, no matter what it is? Let's see. Mm, I feel like, where does my confidence derive from? So I feel like it's like a combination of things, right? I feel like the first thing is I'm like pretty delusional. <laughs> like straight up, like I, I'm just delusional. Like I, I don't know, like I've always, if I play the lottery, I'm like, this is the one, this is it. Like, I'm going to win this time. Like I didn't win the last like 30 times, but this time, this is it. And I just feel like that about everything. Like if something's happening, I apply for something. I just think I'm going to win. Um, and I'm trying to think like, what's the best, the best way that I, okay. This is, you got me. Like, this is a good question. <laughs> So it derives from that, but it also derives from, like they say to not use anger as motivation, but I feel like if you can take that anger and not like necessarily harbor it, right, but use it to like transform it into energy to get what you want in life, I feel like that is a really big motivator. Aside from just helping people, just being angry, like I'm angry about the people who like turned their back on me. I'm angry about the people who talk crap about me when I first got started. Angry about, you know, people who crossed me. Just a bunch of stuff that has been done to me that's, you know, I'm not unique in that way. I'm not special in that way. Everyone has had similar experiences with people just doing things or not treating them the way they want to be treated. But every time that has happened to me, that just fuels me to be better because I overall I feel like the best revenge in life is no revenge, to be happy and successful. Speaking to people crossing you, being an entrepreneur, being or let me ask this real quick. Is anybody else in your immediate family entrepreneur? So my dad actually just became an entrepreneur in the last like two years or no, the last year he started a food truck. Okay, so yeah. you were an entrepreneur before him. When it yes. comes to people stepping out on a limb and doing something that their friends and family have never necessarily seen before, it's sometimes hard to get that support. I swear I just saw the same man twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> no one here. No, <laughs> co-working space, y'all. Co-working space. <laughs> um, it's sometimes hard to get that support. How did one, did you get the support that you were looking for when you were first starting your agency? And two, how did you deal with maybe not having support from your friends? Because often as an entrepreneur, we don't get support from our friends. We get support from people that we've never met before. First. Right. So in my case, I'm going to say that like majority of my family, I'm not going to say they didn't support me. They just didn't care. Like they were just indifferent. Um, I'd say my dad was, is still to this day, like one of my biggest supporters with my company. Um, He's always talk to me about entrepreneurship. He didn't have a company, but from a young age, he was like, you have like this leadership energy. You have like this rebellious energy to you. And I think that you're supposed to channel that into being a business owner. So those are the, that's the type of stuff my dad would say to me. So when I started my company, he's like, cool. Like you, you like got your business idea. Like now you can actually like have a business. So I'm really grateful for having him support me in that. Um, I say my mom, you know, bless her. I love that woman. But she, <laughs> first of all, she, she's TikTok famous. <laughs> she, yeah, see, now she's she just now starting to understand, kind of a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, people make money on social media. All right, I got you. Um, but during that time, yeah, no, she was not very supportive at all. Like, not not even a little bit. Um, no, and see, and when I show her this interview. Mm-hmm. Mom, some of the messages you sent me, they go into my book. So, <laughs> not your book. That's they go into my book. So, like, I tell everybody now, like, hey, you better watch what you say to me because <laughs> if you say something crazy, it's in my book because I have to show the world what I had to overcome. Like, look what my own people were saying to me. Look what they said. Um, and I feel like that's a big part of my story, though. So that's why, like, you know, I want to be able to tell that part of my story. So. Dealing with friends not supporting you. I think there's a saying that's like, a client will become a friend faster than a friend will become a client. And that is so true. You know, strangers will support you faster than your friends. So I'd say don't let that distract you from the mission, right? Don't let whoever's supporting you, not supporting you, distract you from the mission. Because some people will just naturally gravitate towards you. And those are the people that you foster community. For three years in the game now, I know it's 2024, but only like years. a month in. So at three years in the game, first of all, congratulations. Thank you um, so you're much. You're going not just strong, but you're thriving. Man, it's a crazy, it's been a crazy run so far. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about a little bit about that craziness. What have been, let's just say the first thing that comes to your mind. It's not rapid question, rapid fire question. Sorry, yeah, but. I got you. <laughs> What is one thing that comes to your mind that you're you can think back on now? You're like, man, this was really challenging, but I overcame. Um, I feel like that never stops. Um, it's it's. I feel like being in this field, you have to be good at knowing how to pivot quickly because sometimes you know it's social media. Things change fast on social media, so sometimes the strategy that was working for the last six months, it's suddenly not working anymore. So I'd say one of the recent challenges that I faced is there was a big shift in the style of content being posted on Instagram in real form. 
And the shift happened like a year ago. And I seen the shift when it happened. Like I saw it happening, but I had so many clients. I had so much other stuff going on that I feel like I wasn't able to fully register it. Like I saw it, but it was never really fully acknowledged. And I just continued to use the same strategy that had been working. Cause it's like, you know, why would I change my strategy? My strategy's working. I'm not gonna look into this new strategy. Like, good for them. I see them doing it. So then I feel like, boom, it got to the point where the old strategy just stopped working for our social media page. Like it wasn't really getting any views. We wasn't really getting any new leads. Like it just stopped working. So I had to hit the drawing board in the last like six months and be like, okay, what's this new strategy everybody's been doing? Um, what what has everybody been working on? And remind you, I felt like I was late because it's like, you've seen this shift months ago. So why are you you know, just now getting started on this new strategy. But long story short, I hit the drawing board again. I focused on, okay, what what's the new strategy everyone doing? And I wrote it out. And now I've been implementing this new strategy and it's it's been having a lot of success. Um, but I'd say to me, that's a big obstacle. Things constantly changing where you have to not only be working like in the business, but working on the business too, to figure out, oh, dang, like, why is our Instagram not growing any followers anymore? Like, why is the leads not coming through? Why you're also working on other people's businesses in the process? So I feel like that social media constantly changing like that, that's definitely challenging. You know, most people's careers or fields that they're in is not changing like every two months, like the type of thing that you should be doing. That's true. How often do you find yourself on social media every single, let's just go with the week. Like how many hours do I spend on social media a day? Yeah, let's, yeah. Like eleven hours. You said eleven hours? Yeah, maybe twelve. Wow. Okay, so yeah. you're on social media for about twelve hours, but we know that has a lot to do with, you know, your 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 business. And you're also yep. you're a travel influencer. So mm -hmm. how are you filtering all the content that you're intaking on social media? Is it all pleasure, I mean, all business, the entire 11, 12 hours that you're on it. How are you really differentiating? We're gonna get back to the show in just a second. But in the middle of your journey to create, innovate, and lead, you probably found yourself facing challenges of creative blocks or stuck in the cycle of overthinking. Here's the thing, you aren't the only one experiencing this. So why should you go through this journey alone? What if there was a community of like-minded individuals all striving towards success, ready to support, motivate, and hold you accountable? Well, I have the solution for you. A place where ambition meets action, where your dreams get a roadmap and where every single stride gets celebrated. We're more than just an online community. We're a collective of creators, freelancers, and entrepreneurs who believe in the power of togetherness to overcome obstacles and achieve greatness. Joining this online private community means that you're not just setting your goals, but also taking decisive steps towards them with a community ready to cheer you on with every step of the way. It's about consistent progress, shared learning, and the taste of achievement. If you're ready to elevate your journey, to transform your ambitions into achievements, and be part of a collective that believes, then achieves, visit VerifiedPhenom.com to take action today. That's VerifiedPhenom.com. Well, I think social media is meant to be fun. So I'm on social media to have fun. Like, I'm looking at funny stuff. I'm laughing. Um, I'm looking at valuable stuff, like things that I can try. Like if someone is telling me, oh, like 
you know, add this cool call to action, et cetera. I'm saving that. I'm writing that down. Um, so I look at it as like that, like it should be used as a place to gather inspiration, to laugh, et cetera. So when I get on there, that's usually my intention to just consume the content. Right. Mm. And then I filter it, I guess, by breaking down like, okay, I seen a bunch of people do this specific funny video. This is trending right now. How can I make this funny video into something that I can post on the QMF page? using like the same foundation that they used, using the same audio. So boom, now I'm going in, I'm saving the audios. I'm saving like, okay, this is trending. Lock that in my head. So I know all the trends, right? Because the trends I want to use for my brand, I want to tell my clients what the trends are. Um, I want to be able to stay up to date on that. And then, you know, other content, like if it's, I'm a talent agent now. So it might be a video that is blowing up and I'm like, ooh, who is this creator? And now I go to their page and I'm looking through their content. I'm like, this is a good creator. Like nobody's representing them. I'm about to reach out to them and see if they want to like talk about possibly having an agent for their TikTok. Mm -hmm. So essentially that's how I filter it. But the base of it is like, okay, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to look at things that I enjoy on here. Not with the sense of like, oh, I have to get on here. <laughs> work like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. It, it's it's making me curious because when it comes to social media, there are a lot of us that get up there to have fun. Yeah, and at the same time, some of us are also there to grow a brand, have a business, all things of that nature. And nowadays, it almost seems—I don't want to say impossible—hard to be able to grow a brand or business without social media. And some of us are using social media for fun. We're, we're using it for fun within our close friends, our, our private stories, whatever it may be, uh, friends only on TikTok. How were you able to have fun publicly and knowing that that was also going to be able to help your brand? Because not everybody wants to be on social media, but they know they need to use social media in order to grow. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think that they have to shift their mindset. They have to shift their mindset over to like, how can they make social media more enjoyable? Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm saying that because even when I was first getting started and I told you all about that book, um, 10 Pillars of Wealth by Alex Becker. During that time, I was on some like, oh, people are so complicated. Like people are hard to deal with. You know, they can be like sometimes communicating with people can be challenging. But during that time, that's the type of language I used to use. And then I read something in the book that was like, if you don't like people, how do you expect people to want to give you money to do something? <laughs> and I was like, dang, like he's making a good point. So the people who are just like, oh, I hate social media, et cetera, et cetera, they're going to have to shift their mindset and find something that they like about it. Because, you know, how is anybody going to enjoy watching your content and you hate making it? <laughs> like, it's going to come through. Like, right, right. So I feel like, you know, part of it, you have to enjoy something, like find where you can connect to it. And that's what you have to do so you can start using social media or at least like 
you know, because people can go outside now and do things in person, you could start doing more like, say you got a product-based business, you can start doing more things to sell products in person, right? Mm -hmm. Vendors, et cetera. So there's other ways aside from social media, but if you really want the biggest, you know, brand exposure, then why wouldn't you use a platform that's giving it to you for free? Okay, okay, okay. So people that, if we, let's just say our mindset switches, right? We switch the way that we're thinking about social media. We're having more fun. Let's talk about perfectionism. If we know that we're trying to post this content on social media in order to help us grow the brand, a lot of mm -hmm. people feel as if what they're creating needs to be perfect. How are you able to put your content out? Well, let me not, not say how are you able to, right? How often do you create content and then you scrap it? Let's start there. Not often. Why? I feel like done is better than perfect. <laughs> so, of course, like every entrepreneur is going to tell you something different, right? Mm. Everything's subjective. But me personally, I feel like done is better than um, not doing anything at all. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will use like this perfectionism to just not do anything. And now it's been like five months and they never posted anything because nothing's ever good enough. And I don't have time for that. Um, I really I, ha I have to just post the content and go. So me, I'm going to just post it and go and get better. You'll get better at the content as time progresses. As time goes, like you'll figure out more people like you'll probably start getting better at editing. That's a new one that people keep saying to me. Now people keep saying things to me like, well, I don't know how to edit. I can't edit good, so I can't do videos like you do. And I'm like, when have you seen a video of mine have some elaborate edits on it? And they're like, oh, well, and I'm like, you've never seen it because I'm not editing the videos. Like I have videos where you can like see my arm in it. You know how like you grab the camera, like set yeah. it down. I have videos where you, you full, like I'm sitting it down. Then at the end, I'm like, all right, y'all. Mm. Like, <laughs> I didn't even edit that part out of it. I didn't feel like it. I was like, hey, I'm posting it. And I had, I've had, i had people be like, why would you post that video? Like, it, that wasn't like, that wasn't a good video. You had your arm in it. And I'm like, I sold three books off that video. I don't care. Okay. Okay. All right. Right. And it's better than, like, like I said, it's better than sitting there, mm -hmm. trying to edit it, getting frustrated, being like, I'm going to do this tomorrow never editing it again then that video never gets posted or like you say it gets scrapped mm -hmm. and now like you set up to do a content day and the only video that you spent an hour on is getting thrown away <laughs> exactly man you literally said one of my favorite quotes done is better than perfect because perfect never gets yes. done what is something recently that you had to remind yourself that because you were just sitting on something for too long. Hmm. I feel like I don't do that. Like it just I, doesn't I, exist I, anymore? So now I'd say what it would be is, it wouldn't be me like being overly critical of myself in the video. Mm -hmm. It would be me reanalyzing the purpose of the video. Mm -hmm. Okay. That would be the difference now. That would be a video I would scrap. 
if I'm getting ready to post something and then after like analyzing it, I'm like, this video is not adding value. This video is not really entertaining. This video is not selling anything. This video is not getting me and like I'm not directing people to sign up for my email list. So that's how I examine it now. And I'm like, okay, I'm not posting just to post anymore. I want to post to be intentional. So it's like, this is not intentional. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to post. Why am I, you know, posting some random video of me looking good um, when this is not like, and come on, what is it going to do? I don't have no caption or nothing on it. So I may then go back and see how I can make this piece of content more valuable. Or I'll be like, okay, this isn't getting posted. I'm going to post something else that I can add more value to. Hmm. Okay. I like that. I really do. I do. And then sometimes you probably just keep it in your back pocket for later, even if you can't figure it out at the moment, what you can use it for. Does that happen as well? Yep. Just save it in your drafts. Okay, cool. I want to backtrack for a second. It's three years now that, that we've spoken about this, um, that you've been growing this business. Full-time entrepreneur, right? At what point during this journey did you realize that I got this? I got this is going to continue to grow and that there's no looking back. Like this is a full-time business for me. I'm not only going to make this my like my baby, I'm going to be able to like outsource and employ people. What was that aha moment for you? Um, I feel like I'm constantly having them. I feel like I'm constantly I'm back and forth between like don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a very confident person, like we talked about earlier, but I'm not saying I'm susceptible. I'm not susceptible to, um, you know, self-doubt, et cetera. I've had my moments. I've had my days. It's just I try not to stay in that place for too long, and I try to filter filter those thoughts out very quickly because, you know, mindset, energy is really big when it comes to, like, attracting and manifesting money. Um, so I'm constantly having those aha moments where I have maybe a little bit of self-doubt and then I figure something out. Like when I, when you figure out how to make money with your own wit, there is nothing like that feeling. Like it's like a huge adrenaline rush. Like it, it feels like if you went skydiving or something, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like, so that's when I have those aha moments, when I close a deal or I do something super strategic or like I figure out how to meet with someone, like maybe I needed an important meeting and the person wasn't responding. And then maybe I went even further, found out where they was going to be at, position myself to be there, to run into them, to talk about what I wanted to talk about, to land a meeting with them, to get a deal closed or get a sponsorship. And then I'm like, you're a beast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who is doing this? Like, who is taking it this far who is willing to do whatever it takes within reason to get to the <laughs> next level um so those are the moments where i'm just like you are a monster like and i feel like you know not having much like being super resourceful and starting from the very very bottom that's what actually gives me the confidence starting from the bottom right starting from not really knowing much about any of it at all building it brick by brick that's what builds your confidence because you see that like oh i don't i didn't need this to do it i didn't need that i didn't need her i didn't need him i didn't need you know all the things that you thought that you needed 
you was able to make it happen without that. So that builds up your like self-resilience of like, oh, you can make stuff happen. But like I said, to answer your question, um, I, I still have those moments all the time. And I'll just be in my room like, yes. If my neighbors can hear me, I know they're like, why is she screaming? Like, just being there like, yes, let's go, let's go. Okay. Yeah. It, it really is an adrenaline, adrenaline rush. It really is. Um, I When you said that, it made me think back for a second when I had one of those moments where I wrote my first physical copy of my book, uh, which yes. was my second book that I've ever released. And I'm not a writer. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a writer. I, I'm, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say I'm not an author, but I, I am an author. <laughs> I'm not a writer, meaning that I'm not a person that will have the best grammar, have make sure I have the best punctuation. I'm not that person. You read my writing, you're gonna be like, please send this to an editor. Five of them, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but when I I had, like you said, I had an idea of this book and I was able to put it together. And then I said, you know what? I'm gonna sell. And then selling it, and then within the first 24 hours, making four figures off of that idea, doing the book, I was I was blown away. And I have a photo of me sitting with like all my like the books that everybody bought like this. I had like signed every single copy. And every time I, I sometimes get like you said, you have that self doubt or anything like that. I have photos like that to look back on. It's like man. This this came from nothing, right? Like you said, brick by brick. I was able to have an idea, put everything together, eventually get it out, make money from it. And not only that, people were able to grow from it, right? And that's something that's so invaluable that as an entrepreneur, that you can't necessarily put a price on. No. It's, it's, it's amazing. So yeah, it definitely is an adrenaline rush. But speaking of brick by brick, I, I'm, I'm curious. What are, you, what are you working on right now? Because you just became a talent talent agent. Uh, agent yes. Excuse me. What are you working on? I'm so excited. Um, so as far as like personal life wise, just became a talent agent at this very big like social media influencer agency. So I'm really, really excited about that because that is going to give me an opportunity to further my company's mission, which is to um, bridge that gap between minority talent and brands. So I'm really excited about that opportunity. I'm only working with like very large influencers on that brand. Just to put that out there, like 100K and up, that's who we're looking for. But as far as like QMF Agency, so QMF Agency, we've been cooking up a lot. We have a lot of dope events happening this year. Like you mentioned, we have our creators retreat that we just dropped. And that's really about community building. We take 12 like-minded individuals up to the mountains. We do um, workshops. We do activities. We do have fun too. Like, so that's a really fun thing. And then we have a bunch of just networking events for the rest of the year. And then we have, drum roll, we have a tech company that we are dropping. So QMF Agency has a, like a daughter company that's coming out. So I'm really excited about that. That's something that I haven't been talking about much at all. I've been keeping that real quiet. So this is kind of like an exclusive drop right here. Of the interview. Um, but yeah, so we are moving into the tech sector. So I'm not going to say much about that. I just, I want to just get it done and y'all will see when we drop our demo. So, so excited. Q, this has been 
amazing. We're, I'm going to have to bring you back for a part two because I honestly believe that we can go on for like another two hours. <laughs> easily, easily another two hours. Um, but we are about to transition over to the private Q&A with the VP okay. community. Um, so y'all, this has been another episode of Verify Phenoms Q. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming up here today. And y'all, we will catch you on the very next episode. See ya.